this time on Holy Ghost Notes. Come at me, bro. I don't even know if Matt can pronounce that. It's where your hate belongs. I feel like the drum mix is a little hot. Take my money. Woo! Make him bank. Get out of here. I need to go to bed. <laughs> hey, this is Tim Anderson and Matt Greiner, and this is, you betcha, the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. You got it. You got it right. <laughs> What's going nice. on, Matt? How are you What's dude? going on? I'm, yeah, I'm doing well, man. Yeah, I, I'm impressed by your ability to intro the podcast with, with full names at this yeah. point. I think that's your first. Is it? Is that the first time I, I did so. the, the last name? I really do think so. So for some of you listening, that's the first time, like now you actually know who the, the hosts are. You could right. like find us <laughs> on social media and stuff because you know our last names yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tim son of Ander. Tim son of Ander. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to bleep that out. <laughs> nah, I like it. Um, yeah, we've got an excited one for you guys today. Um, and I'm going to keep, uh, keep it short and sweet. Um, I don't know how to pronounce his name, uh, <laughs> but Cobus uh, Potguider. It's definitely That's not right. That's what I said, and I was corrected. You so, were corrected. Uh, it's definitely not I can't not correct right you way. because I don't have it right either. I don't think either of us. He'll are... say it in the episode, actually. So yeah. we both stand corrected. Yeah, maybe I'll just punch it in real quick. We'll just ha- I'll just <laughs> take how he said it and I'll put it in right here. <laughs> there it is. That's how. That's how. Uh, there it that's is. How it's said. It. <laughs> uh, he is on our uh, our show today, and it's a really great interview. I'm excited for you guys to hear it. Um, yeah, for those of you that don't know Cobus, uh, Matt, tell them a little bit about Cobus. <laughs> Cobus, Cobus is a Cobus is the type of person you want to have as a friend. Mm. He's life giving, even to resume, and that says a lot. Yeah, it's hard to convey any sense of emotion or spirit or energy over Zoom, and this guy does it. Um, he's very charismatic. As it turns out, he's an introvert. I found mm. that interesting. Mm. Do you remember when he said that in yeah, the episode? Yeah kind of surprised by that but at the same time you hear about a lot of pastors and public figures um who are introverts and they're 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 just very good at being in the spotlight when they have to be there and then when they're not they recharge yeah so i I get it i feel like i'm a little bit like that too um definitely not as cool as cobus uh but uh he's he is he was so fun to have on i had a good time getting to know him I didn't really know him all that well before that. I'd met him at a drum channel in Oxnard, California years ago when I signed to DW. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first, you know, first people I met and he was employed by them to work in their media division. I talked to him briefly over the years online. I've seen his, some of his drumming videos. Yeah. Um, it was just a really fun and informative conversation i would not say it was so much an interview yeah for sure um so he's a talented drummer he's a he he's a very talented um he's very talented at at putting together videos you Mm -hmm. know whether it's a blog or whether it's uh this this igtv uh clip you're gonna see here shortly um but just just a well-rounded i work at home have an imac and a drum set and i can make full-blown high production value drumming videos and drumming content and that's effectively what he's doing yeah absolutely and i think he was one of the first drummers to really get on youtube so um you know i think so too he's uh kind of a pioneer in that way right Um, right so he talked about that too he's like 
um, he said 2011 to 14 were the hottest mm-hmm. years for drum playthroughs on YouTube. Yep. Yeah. Which I found to be interesting. And so I asked him, what's the hottest thing right now on there? And he's like, well, it's, it's, um, a variety of different things, but it's, it's not, it's not drumming stuff. Yeah. It's not drumming playthroughs. It's, it's not playthroughs at all. It's, uh, there's some finance stuff in there. Mm-hmm. So people that are looking to make money, uh, you're more willing to watch content if it's, if it's going to give you something in the sure. end, especially, especially in a monetary fashion. Yep. Yep. Um, so I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But, it makes uh, sense. Plus there's so many resources now that have moved off yeah. of YouTube, like Drumeo. I mean, they still have YouTube channels, but the, the right. resources really, you know, to learn are right. <laughs> you know, off of YouTube on a site somewhere. So, True. um, it's interesting. Subscription based. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. Like yeah. my site. Like your site. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Macronlessons.com. Go check it out, guys. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm hosting on Vimeo. I'm not even hosting on YouTube. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, so before we uh, get into this interview, I just want to let you all know um, I normally don't do this before uh, the episode, but uh, I'm going to do it this time. We have a, uh, a Patreon, and uh, you can check it out patreon.com slash holy ghost notes. And it's pretty neat. Um, we've been building a community for, uh, well, since uh, the beginning of this year. We started in January, and uh, we've got uh, a wonderful group of individuals um, who I've come to call my friends. Um, mm-hmm. Gotten to know a lot of them very uh, very closely. And, um, yeah, they've been supporting this podcast and, and helping it grow and, and continue on. And um, if you guys... If any of you listening are interested in supporting us, um, you can check it out. In addition to your support um, or what your support gets you, really, is um, we have an exclusive uh, drum lesson library that you get access to at a certain tier. I believe it's the double stroke tier. Um, There's some merch and some swag that we uh, we send out. And uh, there's, you know, monthly giveaways, obviously immediate access to our community group, um, which is uh, probably the best incentive out of all of them. Um, but, uh, and then at the triplet tier, you actually get immediate access to mattgrinderlessons.com, um, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, but that is, uh, there's a lot of value there as well. So, um, check it out if you're interested, we would appreciate the support. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously we, we'd love for you guys to, uh, get something out of it as well. So, Check that out. Yeah, I think another X factor, if I can just tie into that, is yeah. uh, so each month we give a certain percentage of proceeds to someone in need, and this month it actually happens to be someone in our inner circle. Right. So I think that that's it depends on what kind of person you are and what you see as value. But um, for for a lot of people, I think that that's a valuable part of the you know just the structure of mm-hmm. how we are trying to raise money as a podcast, and that we value helping those that are a part of this and not a part of this, just seeing need and trying to help out, you know, however we can. So yeah. Yeah. For it sure. goes beyond what we have to say on here. And, um, we don't make money on this, but whatever we do have coming in, we, we try to be good stewards of it. That's so, right. Yeah. Um, okay. So not too long ago, I was getting ready for bed. I think I was laying in bed and I was looking at Kobus's IGTV. Uh, he had just posted a video Typically, when these things pop up, I watch the first, like, I don't know, two to three minutes, maybe. Well, this is 10 minutes long, and I watched the entire thing twice. (laughs) (laughs) It's fantastic. It really is. It's so good. So we decided it was so good that we would share it with you for two reasons. One, 
Um, Tim and I talked about the fact that Kovis doesn't talk about himself a whole lot in this as it pertains to what his year has been like, who he is, what he does. So this is going to give you context as mm-hmm. to who he is. Who are you listening to? Who are you taking right. advice from? It will give him some credibility, I think, mm-hmm. um, in your mind. And um, it'll also help you understand who he is. But then second of all, it's just a lot of fun. It's yeah. incredible to see what someone's been able to do with a tough situation. So here it is. Enjoy. Yeah. Holy crap, it's been a while. So guys, it's been it's been a it's been a minute since we've spoken. Um 2020. You know? You're probably wondering where I've been over the past eight months, why no new uploads. And I'd love to tell you, but it's been quite a story. So uh, I thought I would condense this as much as possible to make it as short as possible. You ready? In the beginning of 2020, I started planning a full online drumming course. This course would eventually become the biggest and most thorough educational package I've ever worked on, covering pretty much every single pivotal lesson I've ever learned on the drums. So naturally, I got pretty stoked about it. So in January, while casually working on this course in the background from anywhere between 20 hours a week to a billion hours a week, I also attended NAMM, met up with some old friends. Look, look, at, look at this guy shaking hands, looking all friendly. Had pizza, played some drums. <laughs> celebrated Valentine's Day with the most amazing girlfriend in the universe. Went to Palm Springs with the most amazing girlfriend in the universe. Had a lovely date night in downtown LA with the most amazing girlfriend in the universe. You get it. Played yet some more drums. Went to an American Idol party where I may or may not have stolen a very easily recognizable and totally incriminating pillow. Played drums again. So at this point, we're at the beginning of March. I've been rehearsing and preparing all year to film a ton of new content, my online drumming course, new covers, new collabs, original music. I was so excited. So I decided I'm gonna go into my savings a little bit, a little bit. I wanted to invest some money to improve the quality of the videos, especially the lessons. I wanted the lessons to look super, super, super good. I didn't want to have a table on a table on a table. As you can see, I've got a table, and a table on a table, and a table on a table on a table, and a speaker on a table on a table on a table. Don't knock it, because it'll topple over, I'm guaranteeing you. So I got a new camera, new lenses. Holy crap, lenses are expensive. I got a motorized slider, some new LED lights, new studio cables, the most insane new Earthworks mics. I got an external monitor for my camera, so that I can look at myself while I'm talking to myself. It's really convenient. I also got a teleprompter so that I would stay on topic and not rant about about cheese in the middle of a lesson. And to top all of this off, I had this idea to rent a house or a property, a beautiful location where I could film all of this content. Because I wanted it to look special. I wanted it to look good. So I went super deep into my savings and rented a house in Joshua Tree for the shoot. We're talking about the end of March. You can probably see where this is going, right? I knew there was some kind of virus going around, you know? But I felt pretty far away, and I felt pretty safe. Like, I'm, this is America. I live in America. America is usually pretty good at dealing with things, you know? 
So at this point, being pretty hopeful, everything's gonna be fine. I was busy preparing my drums for the shoot. I went back to the trusty good old seven piece configuration. Yeet. And I added all of my old cymbals back to the setup. Double yeet. I packed my drums, mics, cameras, lights, PC, monitors, preamps, packed my entire studio into my car. Packed some clothes too. And I made my way out to Joshua Tree to set up in this house that I rented for the shoot that I'd been preparing for for months. You guys, I was really excited. I was super excited. I listened to like like two Angels and Airwaves albums on the way to the house. I just got so stoked. So I get to the house, I start offloading all my gear into the lounge and my girlfriend Tiffany, the most amazing girlfriend in the universe, you remember. She drove out all the way to Joshua Tree to help me. So we offload all my gear. I set up my drums in the living room, set up my interface, monitors, recording gear. I did a freaking ton of tests to make sure that the lighting and the framing was good. Recording, move your head for shadows. Drumming, okay? Drums, huh? How do I play it? The question you might have. Better? Much better. Great. My name's Coach Pop Eater. And then finally, I started recording the lessons. So after about three super long days of recording lessons for six to eight hours each day, I was about halfway through all the course content. And I get this text from the owner of the house. And he says, bad news, mate. He's British. He told me that the governor of California had just issued the stay at home order and that they have to cancel my stay because they have to come back home and I have to go back to my apartment, effectively ending the project. And... That was super rough. So then I have 12 hours to break everything down again, pack everything up again, get my gear broken down into as many small pieces as possible so I could once again pack up my entire studio into my car. And thank goodness I had the most amazing girlfriend in the universe there to help me. So at this point, I was pretty sure that it was over. I lost so much money on the house rental. I lost so much time preparing and practicing for the content that I didn't get to shoot. Oh yeah, and the whole world was quickly slipping into a worldwide pandemic. Man, you really can't make this stuff up. Like, as I'm telling the story, I feel like I'm lying. A pandemic? Worldwide pandemic? Really? Why are you lying? But then... My girlfriend mentioned that her brother in Utah had just sold his house and that the house will be empty for about a week between them moving out and the new owners moving in. And so she asked him if maybe I could drive up to Utah to set up my studio at his house. Remember, my whole studio was still packed up into my 2009 Nissan Altima, which at this point was looking a lot like a lowrider. <sighs> this is, this is so ridiculous. With the ultimate goal being to re-record all the lessons so I could finish my online drumming course. And so that's what we did. We drove up to Utah, we turned Tiffany's brother's basement into a studio, stuck some fake wallpaper against the wall to make it look less like an empty basement. I mean, the wallpaper was real. It was real wallpaper of, of fake wood. I feel like that was, that was a bit confusing, so I just wanted to clear that up. I set up my cameras, lights, monitors, and for the next week, I'd record for about eight hours a day to finish the course, which I did. All 50-ish lessons of it. More info soon. I'm really excited about it. So now we're in April. And what have I been doing since then? I'm, just gonna, I'm gonna pass out if I keep doing this bit. I'm 
so lightheaded. Since finishing filming back in April, I've actually been staying in Utah for the past few months. Just me and the Mormons, you know? And I've been editing the lessons for my up and coming online drumming course, gone on some hikes, built a puzzle, edited some more lessons, been missing my family back in South Africa like crazy, kept staring at my dumb face on screen as I edited what felt like a billion lessons. Ooh, it gets old, you guys. Quick. I got really into VR gaming. I did some live lessons and streams with patrons. Drove back to Los Angeles to move out of my apartment and my studio. Yeah, that wasn't super fun. All the while, my hair was growing so long that I slowly started turning into... What's his name? Steve. That dude from Stranger Things? I feel like there's a little bit of a resemblance going on. So now, here we are. In August. And you guys are probably wondering why I've been so quiet on social media and why haven't I uploaded a drum cover video. The simple, brutal honesty is that I lost so much income due to COVID-19 that I had to give up my studio, I had to move out of my studio, and I had to move out of my apartment, um, which sucked. So what now? Well, I haven't played the drums at all in four months, which is actually the longest that I've not played drums since I started playing drums when I was 16. I miss playing the drums so much and I miss making videos for you guys so, so, so much. So to be honest, that's kind of the point of this whole video. The only way that I can get back to making videos is if I can afford to rent a studio again. So I'm just gonna promote the absolute poop out of my Patreon page for the next few weeks because that's really the only way that I can get back to renting a studio and back to making videos for you guys. Now, Prom promoting the poop out of something sounds maybe a little bit more ten intense than I intended. I, I maybe should have worded it a little bit differently. I'm not going to give you a super hard sell or try and convince you of anything. And I promise I won't use the word poop again. But all I want to say is that if at any point in the past 14 years of me uploading videos, if you've ever felt some sense of inspiration or entertainment, then please just check out my Patreon page and watch the intro video. It's the top link in the description. I've been uploading two to four videos every single month for the past three years to Patreon. So even if you join at the lowest tier, which is five bucks a month, you'll still get immediate access to about 100 videos worth of lessons, exclusive lessons that nobody else has access to, drum covers that never got published, drums only videos, interviews, Q&As, just a ton of content. I've been working super hard over the past few years to make my Patreon page worth the money and the community there is awesome. I crunched the numbers, I budgeted as well as a drummer can budget and I figured out that I have to be between 250 and 300 patrons to be able to get back to renting a studio without going into debt. I don't want this video to bum you out even more. That's so why I've kind of tried to make it as ridiculous and as silly and as light-hearted as possible up until this point, but there's no real way to, to make this part silly and ridiculous. This whole pandemic has kind of forced me to reevaluate why I make videos in the first time, which is to have fun. And I miss fun. There hasn't been a lot of fun in 2020. You know, most importantly, just I'm thank you for being here. I'm just super thankful that you're here, that you watch this whole video, and I really hope that I get to uh, upload more videos very soon. I'll talk to you guys very soon. Stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, keep on. Bye. What's going on? This is the Holy Ghost Notes, and you are listening to Cobus 
Potguider, do I have that right? It's not even close. I tried that. I tried dude, that. That I've was been, for the blooper reel. Yeah, oh, seriously, dude. I've been I've been living in the states for ten years. My standards for name pronunciation <laughs> is super low, so you're fine. I got your no last worries. name right. Your first name I pronounced incorrectly, right? <laughs> first name First name is Quibus. If you think about like Quidditch. Yeah. Oh, so Quebec I actually did mispronounce your first you, name. Okay. Gotcha. A little okay. bit. Touche. Okay. Touche. What about your last name? How'd I do? Oh man, last name is Potgitter. So Oh yeah, I was I was right about on. it. I don't sure. even know if Matt can <laughs> pronounce that. I can't even say that word. How do you dude, spell I that? I think dude, my girlfriend of two years, two and a half years, she struggles to pronounce it. So like no <laughs> no pressure. Oh no. No. Oh my. Well, yeah. Well, apparently, and I can say this pretty easily because we just hung out on the drummer hangout last night. We just yeah. watched a 10 minute video that you did for IGTV. If you haven't watched it, you need to watch it. And I think we're actually going to play it on this episode before or after. Um, it's, it's so entertaining. But according to that video you made, she is the world's best, Most best, amazing girlfriend. best girlfriend. Trademark. Yeah, dude, she's <laughs> phenomenal. She's seriously like, it's difficult to be the girlfriend of a drummer, you know, like mm-hmm. you have to like sometimes help lucky around and be supportive and uh, she's <laughs> absolutely phenomenal man especially in this like crazy year she's been wonderful yeah uh, that was like probably one of the highlights of that video was you just reiterating over and over and over again this, there she is carrying drums <laughs> in. there she is carrying drums out there she is sound checking my drums absolutely there she is calling her brother and getting me a place to record i'm i'm so thankful yeah yeah she's awesome that's great she's awesome. man that's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, now, by the time this episode comes out, which will be on the 25th of September, uh, yeah. this this will have been in the past. But we just hung out last night on my drummer hangout. We had about Dude, 20 drum students on there. That was had a good so time. much fun. So much fun. You have such a rad community. Like, I thought about that last night. I was like, I didn't know how badly I needed to just hang out with like good drummers and just have a conversation. That was so much fun, man. It was fun. And I got a lot of feedback about you. A couple people signed up for uh, your drum lessons and we got what, like four or five people signed up. I think five people signed up for my Patreon page. Yeah. That's more people than I've gotten to sign up for my website (laughs) in the last two months. So (laughs) I mean, that's 25% of the class and I was included in the class. So geez, it's incredible. Incredible. Your video yeah. was your video is incredible. I mean, the way that you sold it, I, I'd like to talk about that a little bit in this episode. But just there's something to be said about your personality and just how lighthearted you are. You can tell that happens when you play drums too. There's no like stopping Cobus. I'm gonna say Cobus. Is that okay? Absolutely. One hundred percent. I'm going 100%. with Cobus. So there's no stopping Cobus and then starting drummer Cobus. It's like yeah. You see what you get. It, you get what you see. It's just a lot of fun. Uh, and I think the drumming Thanks, community man. needs that. So I to, to start off, this is something, probably the only question that I really have uh, slated in stone. Um, what? Why do you think there is a need for fun in the drumming world, the drumming community, f- 16-year-old, you know, John Smith sitting in his parents' basement playing drums. Why is that the most important part of 2020 drumming, trying to get better? Um, Just speak to that a little bit because you do a good job of portraying that whether or not you realize it. Um, And I I think that's why people gravitate towards you and there's, what, 400 people signed up for your services already for drum site. Yeah, that's such a... Dude, that's such a great question. Um, I think, like, fun is 
a form of purpose. Like fun, fun is a really good why, like why we do stuff. And I hmm. think um, anything, so drums are super fun initially and it's very easy for it to be fun. But I think the more time you spend on it, like it's a, diff, it's a difficult instrument. You have to learn it and there's some self-discipline involved. And so there's, there's going to be times where it's not particularly that fun. True. And then there's got to be a really good why as to, okay, but why am I going to practice now for the, yeah. for the next hour and a half? And I've just, I mean, you can learn from other, you can learn from the human race in this case. You can go, well, I feel like uh, being a millionaire has not really consistently made people happy. Like, sure, like it makes life comfortable, mm-hmm. but like we, we have a lot of information that says that chasing money is not particularly a really good sense of purpose hmm. Um, hmm. by itself, money by itself, or even like fame and stuff like that. Like, I feel like we have enough information that we've garnered from the human race to know that these things are true. <laughs> yeah. And I've just found that just fun just like the 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 silliness and almost like the meaninglessness and the frivolousness and the absurdity of fun is for me such a good motivator to do something mm. and it's for the same reason that I'm having this conversation with you guys is cuz mm-hmm. like this is enjoyable mm-hmm. like the, apart from whatever fruit it yields like this this in itself is just an enjoyable experience and i feel like the older i get the more i chase um, those things that that might not inherently like make them, they might not be part of some big grand strategy, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but they're just fun. And I feel like it's, it's the older I get, the more important that becomes and the more difficult it becomes to like, keep it fun, <laughs> keep it simple, strip away all the junk that I think about and all the complicatedness of it all. But I think if you're pursuing drums, like it's not difficult to have fun on the drum set. We, we use all four limbs. Like it's, mm-hmm. I feel like it's like the most visceral instrument to play. Yeah. I think it's yeah. the coolest instrument. Come at me, bro. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so much fun, man. And I feel like it just takes, it takes a little bit of mental self-discipline mm-hmm. to, to not be self-critical, to not compare yourself. But if you can do that, then it's, it's so easy to, to enjoy the drums and it, it makes it such a life-giving part of life. Mm. Like it's such mm. a, it could be such a force for good in life to just, whether it's drums or playing guitar or playing a musical instrument, painting um i feel like these things uh can be such a lot they're so Mm life-giving if if they're Mm. kept healthy and kept light but yeah Mm. that's a long-winded way to answer your question but i love that it's something i think about a lot (laughs) that's great (laughs) it's perfect yeah so the episode that we just released uh today actually we talked about motivation and uh it's funny because we didn't even uh we didn't even mention the noteworthy uh motivation here which is fun we didn't even talk about yeah. that. <laughs> so I think you outlined that perfectly. It's uh it it uh arguably is the best motivation you can have to do something 100%. like this, right? Yeah, Kobus yeah. reminded me of that last night on the drummer hangout. That's He's great. like, "Matt, you don't look like you're having any fun when you're playing drums." <laughs> so you need to learn from me. So watch this 10-minute video, and after I watch it, I I couldn't stop laughing after that. Like there's there's a certain way that you um there's a certain way that you you go about teaching that's just fun. Mm-hmm. Everything about it is just it's fun. It's it's not it doesn't feel like work. Drumming yeah. a lot of times for me can feel like work. And yeah. I, I know that's the case for a lot of my students too. Yeah. And so to your point, it being fun, it needs to be fun because as we talked about, Tim, to your point, the motivating factor has to be stronger and more dominant than the sacrifice required to, to stick to it. And so good. if it's fun, if it's fun to do it, <laughs> you're not going to avoid picking up your sticks and sitting down and working on these videos or yeah, working absolutely. on this exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but 
at the same time, man, it's so easy to say that. And it's hard to always remind yourself of that because drummers are insecure. Drummers do not have a, a, um, it, everything is, is in the shadow of what everybody else is doing. We're living in yeah. a world of competition and that, yeah. that guy's a lot better than me. Mm. Rich people don't compare themselves to people poorer than themselves. Yeah. Talented drummers don't compare themselves to drummers who uh, they're, they've made more progress in certain areas. And so Absolutely. we're always comparing ourselves. Um, so I, if you're listening to this, I would just recommend that you check out some of Kobus's stuff on YouTube um, and remind yourself if you get nothing else out of this, that it's, it's important to enjoy playing your instrument mm-hmm, because yeah. that's probably why you started playing it. Unless your mom and dad were like, you will, like they were for me with piano. Like yeah. you will learn to play piano. As a parent, Matt, I, qu- I can tell I you that the parents will rarely be the ones encouraging their kids <laughs> to play drums. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Loudest instrument, most expensive instrument. Yeah. You're on your own. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah. yeah. You are right. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say, Matt, about like, um, you said like I, I kind of expressed fun outwardly and, and I, I really appreciate that. That's something I like, I really want to, I, it's very important to me to do that. So I try and do it a lot, but I also just want to say that like, People see that part of me more often than not because that's like I have full control over when I'm on camera or not, mm. you know. Like mm-hmm. so, like I, when I did that video, the I, I wrote the script for that for that uh, vlog video, and I purposefully wrote it a certain way to to, to make people feel lighter as opposed to heavier because yeah. it's been a heavy year. Oh yeah, and, true. And I drank a lot of coffee. And you said the word espresso. poop a couple times, the, which was great. <laughs> I said I, the word I, poop. I love that part too. <laughs> Three times, that was, I think. That was not in the script. That was oh, really? improvised. <laughs> yeah. Was it a synonym but, of poop that you were originally going to say? No, it was just okay. I wasn't even going to reference feces at all. It just popped up, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but but to that point, like I, I feel like it's important for people to understand that uh, it's not always that way like sometimes mm-hmm. there, there, there are challenging parts and that's okay too that's kind of part of being a human being but if you see me play videos it's because i chose to um have an, a fun enjoyable experience that day and i want to sh- and i want to share it so it's mm-hmm. like don't hold yourself to the standard where it has to be fun 100 percent of the time otherwise you're failing you know that's right. also not true it's it's more so a general pursuit of wait i haven't had fun on the drums in right. a month what am i what's happening mm-hmm. what am i doing wrong what am i focusing on that's a great way to put it that's a realistic expectation of Absolutely. yourself versus it being like, this isn't fun. What am I doing wrong? Yeah. yeah. Like, it's like, no, give me. it a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Step yeah. away for a little bit, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like relationship. If a relationship is strained one day, that's just how relationships work. Mm-hmm. If it's True. strained for six months, maybe have a conversation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe sooner than six months, actually. But you don't have that kind of problem right because you have and the best girlfriend in the world the best girlfriend in the world even though she's the best girlfriend in the world relationships are still relationships it's portray reality here there you go folks honesty humility even you know you you just run the gamut here (laughs) that's great all right so i'm actually going to jump into a scripted question quick um sorry (laughs) but uh so uh Kobus, I'm a, I'm a longtime fan. I've seen your videos uh, over the course of however long. I guess it's been it's been a long time, ten years, something like that. Like three thousand oh, wow. years uh, or something. And uh, I always I I always thought uh, your videos were so interesting because um, 
the uh, I actually uh, went to a church for a really long time, and uh, the pastor and his family were from South Africa, and yeah. for whatever reason, uh, it wasn't because they were from South Africa, but our church uh, attracted South Africans. We just always had, it was always like, oh, where are you from? Where, you know, I, I recognize this accent. And they're like, oh, I'm from South Africa. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, no way. So it was our pastor and his family and all these other people over here. Um, so I, I have a lot of friends that are South African. Um, I learned Could about, you pronounce their names? Uh, I can, most of them. Wow. Uh, I should have let you introduce yeah, actually, this you episode. One of them like, I, respect their privacy, but I'm curious. Yeah. <laughs> One of them actually ended up living at my parents' house for a short time, so I actually see her more as a sister. Um, but I learned a lot yeah. about South Africa and, and a little bit about the culture there. I've never actually visited, but um, I know you're from South Africa, and I'm just curious, now that you're living stateside, uh, what, what differences do you see coming from South Africa uh, being in the States? What's, what culture differences, what lifestyle differences do you see? Yeah. Oh, there's like, now I'm like thinking like, how do I approach this question? Because there's so many things. I mean, I'm not easily so offended. I, it's okay. Okay. <laughs> no, I was, uh, I was so obviously born and raised in South Africa. So until I was 20, I think I was 25. No, I was 20, 24 when I came to the States the first time, 2011. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been here almost 10 years. Like it's been... No, it's been 10 years. Yeah. So wow. it's been a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's been a while that I've been here. I think the some of the biggest portions are, or the di- biggest difference, <laughs> that's hilarious, biggest portions. One of the biggest difference <laughs> is the portions of food, you know, it's Freudian slip, I guess. Um, one of the, <laughs> no, I think one of the biggest differences is um, how, how good people have it in the States mm. and how a prosperous nation how that affects like the zeitgeist or like the, 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 I mean, that sounds, that's a loaded word, but like the, this, the, the mm-hmm. vibe of the nation, the spirit mm-hmm. of the nation, what people focus on, what they're bothered by, yeah. what they're not bothered by. And cause I feel like in South Africa, people are, there's a little bit more of a, like a sense of, of struggle. And, and I say that from a, I'm a, from a white middle-class household. I didn't experience a ton of struggle. Mm-hmm. I know I say that from a really privileged, like comfortable background. Like I don't, I don't pretend to speak for all South Africans, but um, there's definitely in South Africa the sense of that things are a little bit more difficult. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're not like a world leader, you know? Yeah. But in the States, the, one of the biggest differences for me has been seeing how it's so good here for most people and how that mm. affects what people value and what they don't value. And mm-hmm. like, that's been kind of an eye opener for me to see that like, well, I, yeah, that's in, been super interesting to observe as a foreigner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you're 100% right. What What's the name of the um, coin that is famous in South Africa? The, the Krugerrand? Kru- Krugerrand, yes. Yeah. I bought one of those. You did? I did. And a gold here's one? Why. A gold one. Woo! Make yeah. a bank. I saved my money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. It's not that expensive. I'm just kidding, guys. It's not yeah. that expensive, but it's pretty impressive still. <laughs> it's pretty, pretty expensive. Yeah, it's so, pretty expensive. I was about to go to South Africa. Love. I love South Africa. Yeah. I think we all love South Africa, right? We can all agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, <laughs> you've been there. to South Africa. Okay. Never been, but I agree. <laughs> Man, at Cape Town, and uh, oh, we just Cape had a Town's great time awesome. there as a band. But, uh, but anyway, I was about to leave. My dad's like, Matt, you're going to South Africa, right? I was like, yeah. He's like, you need to look for a Krugerrand. I said, what is that? So I Googled it, did some research, called my dad up before I left. I said, what, why are you recommending that I look for this thing? He's like, well, I bought one, and I gave it to your mom 
um, when I proposed, it was either when he proposed or when they got married. It was one or the other. It was a significant, Dude. like, you know, exchange that he gave her. Yeah. And it yeah. meant a lot to him. And, and I think he still has it or she still has it, one or the other. Yeah. So I was, I was about to go and um, I pulled a bunch of cash and I went over there and I searched and searched and searched. And I, I found a couple on the last day and it was just way too last minute. I felt uncomfortable spending, what is it, like 1500 bucks or so. It's, yeah, it's, it's a chunk of change. It's a chunk of change, yeah. Um, but I got to see it and I got to, you know, experience South Africa, see the crew grant, came back and I actually bought one here in Lancaster, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> wow. Funny enough, after I came back from South what? Africa, I I wanted to buy one there. I was literally about to miss the bus to the airport. Uh, yeah. Like I, I was with the guy ready to buy it. He's like, do you want it? You know, the pressure cooker was on. And I yeah. just felt... I felt uncomfortable. I'm like, ah, I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Like I need time. I'm like a, I, I have to process things before I yeah. can commit to it. Yeah. Like I can't just be like, all right, here's 15, take my money and give me this <laughs> thing that might be whatever, you know? So I came home and I'm like, ah, I missed my chance. I'm going to buy one here. <laughs> so I searched around Lancaster and I found one. I walked in and the guy's like, so why are you buying a Kruger Rand? And I was like, well, actually, I was just in South Africa. And he's like, why didn't you buy one there? <laughs> and I had to explain this whole story again. I ended up buying it. I have it in my safe. It's one of the only things that I have in my safe that if my house burns down, it's like, this is something I need. You know, this, yeah, is, yeah. this is really, really cool. Um, and it's from what I understand, the Krugerrand is exclusive to South Africa. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's named after um, one of our, our most prolific um, politicians, kind of one of the founders of, of South Africa in a way. Um, yeah, he uh, he minted these coins. There's actually, a, a, I think there's a, I might be wrong, but I think there's like, there's a, um, there's a, uh, what's it called? A, uh, like a, uh, it's a, what's, it's like a theory that might be true, or a, a legend, urban legend. There we go. Oh, okay. Urban legend. Yeah, yeah. Okay. English second language. Give me a second. Um, <laughs> urban legend that there's like a bunch of these Krugerrand coins buried somewhere, like a treasure buried somewhere mm. that he had yeah. his personal stash that nobody's ever found. There's like, that's kind of still speculated. Jeez. That makes it yeah. even cooler. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just had the best time there. Um, I, I can't imagine a lot of people that are listening to this have been to South Africa. Yeah. Um, but if you get the chance, look up, look up pictures online of, of just maybe search for like, I don't know, just search South Africa and just look and see what you, it, it's, it's an amazing place that I didn't know much about. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate to spend like four or five days there we played oh, two or three shows we played this outdoor festival up on top of um a, a, ma- a mountain sort of out in the middle of nowhere is that with, um, Opie Copy? yes yeah that's a great festival it super was, popular it was so, it was really fun i i remember standing around a campfire with yeah uh yellow wolf actually was there <laughs> oh you yeah heard of him? i have i was with the yellow wolf in south weird africa lineup <laughs> and he's like, he's like, where are you from? I was like, uh, probably pretty close to where you're from. And we talked for like an hour about how here we are so far away from home yeah, in the middle yeah. of nowhere. That festival's wow. like out there. Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, we're, we're pretty similar, you know. He has Travis Barker playing drums for him from time <laughs> to time. And he does. Uh, he kind of, does he, 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 he doesn't scream, but he gets intense he gets times. intense yeah. yeah 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 dude did you guys did you guys um you go to cape town you saw cape town oh yeah 
Did you go on any like safaris or like to any private reserves? Yes, we did. We awesome. stayed at a resort, at a reserve, whatever you might call it. And we had yeah. this amazing uh, buffet. We went on the safari and saw giraffes and rad. Yeah, man, what a what a cool place. If you get it's the chance to go there, you're listening to this. Go to South Africa. It is it is so cool. I feel like it's kind of a hidden gem. I don't hear a lot yeah. about it here in Pennsylvania. It is, yeah, no, it's it's South Africa is tricky because like we have. I mean, I'm kind of trying to be like careful here with uh, t- trying to stay relatively politically correct. But right. when people with the word Africa is usually not associated with uh, right. prosperity, you know, and right. like a, a great mm-hmm. travel destination. Right. And we kind of have the ne- the ne- Africa in the name of the country, so we're not doing right. the branding thing. We're, we're being a little. <laughs> A little abrasive there, but I feel yeah. like South Africa is this weird, uh, surprising combination of kind of first world development and with with like an African cost of living, basically. Like mm-hmm. I, when I took my girlfriend, I was like, this is like first class, spectacular European, best of African food you've ever had in your entire life at yeah. African prices. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's same for like resorts and, and places to stay. Like it's it's so cheap and especially the dollar goes so far there. But it's this like, it's True. still very much Africa. It's like very yeah. much Africa. And it's, for it's sure. a weird combination of the two. Yeah. So, so you were, so you were born in South Africa, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So you were in South Africa. The first time I met you, we talked about this last night a little bit on the drummer hangout, but uh, I was, st- I walked into the drum channel building at dw factory which i believe is in oxnard california yeah it's in oxnard right okay so i walk in i meet you i i admittedly hadn't really um i didn't know who you were at the time uh you were introduced to me we got to talking a little bit and yeah um and there was this rumor that there was something in the back room that maybe i should go see i I kind of heard about it beforehand and then the whole idea was just shut down (laughs) I was like, okay, that's weird. Like, what's back there that I'm not supposed to go see that has been kind of hyped up for a yeah. couple hours here? Yeah. So I walked out, I asked somebody, and the legend was that um, somebody's drum set was back there and they were rehearsing, right? Yeah. So so who was back there rehearsing in that room well, if that this I was, was not 2000... able to see their kit? <laughs> <laughs> if this was 2013, then that definitely was Neil from Rush, Neil Peart. Right. And that yeah. was my guess. That was my guess. It was his kit and he was back there rehearsing, right? For like a, yeah. a full month. Oh yeah. No, when he, like whenever Rush, um, when they had a tour scheduled, he would book out drum channel for at least a month. For a whole month, there would be no live shows, no lessons recorded in the main room. He would book out the whole studio for a month and set up his entire kit, um, completely self-contained. And he would run the entire live show, the Rush show, every day at least once a day like wow, start to finish man yeah because he was so like serious about having the stamina like just the cardiovascular ability to like get through a show and do a good performance that he wanted for him it was like working out like he would just run it because obviously he knew the music mm-hmm. didn't right. really need to practice the music but you just want i remember talking to him and he was like yeah it's just a it's a fitness thing i just i'm a little bit older and i just when i run the show i just get show fit again you know and true so, i guess at that at that level it wouldn't be about making sure you know the songs it would be yeah. about making sure you can get through the songs 100 percent, because like they okay. wrote these songs when they were thinking about how much younger they were and now you're playing it as a much older man and doesn't make this the notes don't change like true. it's still really hard the <laughs> but the body are, changes yeah. yeah body changes yeah <laughs> no yeah. man like there's so many stories about 
we spoke about it briefly last night, but yeah, I when Neil passed away, I didn't even, I couldn't even post about it because I was like, I don't even know, like I don't even want to like share this really, because because I remember mm-hmm. like when I hang out with him in the kitchen once, I was like, because and we had a few conversations because he'd be around Drum Channel and we, I'd be making coffee and he'd come by and we'd have a quick conversation. Um, and I remember asking him at the end when he was wrapping up, I was like, Neil, do you, would you mind if I get a photo? I, like mm-hmm. no pressure, you can say no, and he said. Absolutely, but just please don't post it because he's like, I don't really take photos with people because it's it's it. I've, I've I'm not doing that really anymore, and I don't want anybody to feel like like yeah. slighted if they see yeah. us uh-huh. taking a photo together. So I have this photo with Neil, and it kind of just like that changed the way that I speak about him because I he was such a private man. Yeah, and yeah. and he yeah, he, but he was incredible guy. Like we had yeah. so many rad conversations in the in the kitchen about being an introvert in the music industry and. And dealing with the notoriety of being a well-known musician versus right. just wanting to connect with people, like we had so many like, like actual meaningful conversations apart from just the drums. And so, yeah. so you started a project where you were going to bring in musicians, and yeah, you said that Neil maybe commented on that project, like he, he heard was about stoked. it. And, yeah, <laughs> it's so tell he... us about that project and 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 what he said about it. Sure. So that was two thousand. This was two thousand and thirteen as well. I launched this project called the YouTube Band Project. YTBP. Um, and basically what it meant was I was going to crowdfund this project, this initiative. I'm going to use uh, YouTube to, to audition musicians in the States. It was potentially going to be international, but it was just the States. Um, and then fly them to LA and record the at Ox- Oxnard and at Drum Channel Studios Man, for that is a month. incredible. And like write and record a full-length album in a month, um, start to finish, shoot a documentary about the whole thing. So this was the idea. And we crowdfunded it, and very long story short, we eventually did it, and it was, I'm super proud of it. It's an amazing uh, project. But Neil was stoked on the idea. Like, I remember mm. him coming up and him being like his Neil, ex- he was like, that's great, it's a great thing you're doing. He was like very reserved, <laughs> but he was like very excited. Yeah. And he's like, this is, a, this is a great thing you're doing. And he was like, I think this is good for the music industry, and you're using technology responsibly. And it was just such a cool exchange. And then afterwards, mm. I emailed him, and I said, um, would it be okay? Once again, no pressure. Would it be okay if if I use what you said as a quote and I quote you and I say like what you said? And he's and he said absolutely. And I asked, can we put that on the DVD? Is back when we still sold DVDs. Um, and he said absolutely. <laughs> you can put the quote on the DVD. And so wow, I think it, I huge. think it says like Quibus's. I can't remember what it was. Quibus is like pursuing a new way to make it in music or something. I hmm. some beautiful. It's just hmm. it was such a rad quote and it was amazing to be able to feature his name on yeah. something I worked on. Yeah. He was so, so cool. well spoken. I, I heard an interview with him Dude. after he passed away. I went back and looked up some stuff and man, he was just have you heard anything by him, Tim? Like him oh, yeah. actually in an interview or yeah. Yeah. I, so eloquent. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. so well done. It's yeah, funny. Think, he's been he's such a he's a name a household name really. Everyone yeah. knows him, even people that don't play drums know the name Neil Peart, whether they know he was the drummer for Rush or not, who knows. But right. it's so weird how, um, and I guess this makes sense, like we've talked about leaving a legacy on mm. many episodes, and it's weird mm. how when someone passes away and there's that influx of, oh, who was this person? Yeah, Like there's, True. for whatever reason, there's this uh, instinct to get to know someone after they're already gone. I know. Yeah. And so yeah. th- like a lot of people rediscovered Rush rediscovered yeah. Neil Peart, even myself, like I didn't realize how talented of a drummer he was. Like, I don't think I had really deep dived like some of his like drum solos mm-hmm. and stuff like that because 
I knew Rush, so I knew Neil Peart. Yeah. Like, you know, if you... So <laughs> it was just weird how something like that happening inspires people to take action and to learn about those people. But yeah, what, yeah. A, what a dude. What a dude, for, seriously. He's a phenomenal guy. What, can, I, can I tell one more Neil story? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I, uh, this was during the same... I wonder if this was during the same period of time. Actually, no, it wasn't. I can't remember exactly when this was. Um, but they, Rush was, they were working on a new album. And um, I, admittedly, to my detriment, I've never been a huge Rush fan. Like, I never mm-hmm. like got into the stuff a ton for whatever reason. I think it's just like I never gave it a shot. Yeah. Um, and so Neil is by drum channel. And I think he was kind of just like rehearsing as well. But it was, I don't know if it was for a tour. But he goes, so this was after the workday is kind of finished. Everybody's gone home. Right. Don is still at the studio. I'm still at the studio. So Don Lombardi, uh, owner of DW Drums, he's at the studio. I'm at the studio. And Neil is there, and I think there was one other person, maybe an audio engineer or something. And uh, I was always staying late because I was practicing in the back room. And Neil goes, so I have a idea. I just got the first mixes of this new Rush album. Would you guys want to go into the control room? And like, I need to give my notes and we can just listen to the album and then I can kind of make my notes, but we can all kind of give feedback together. And, and I remember thinking, like, holy crap, this is, like, insane. I'm about to listen to this, like, unreleased Rush album, and I don't even, like, I'm not even, like, fanboying because I don't really know Rush that well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, this is kind of wasted on me a little bit. And then I remember him going, well, let's go in, and, and we listen to it. And right before we go in, he pulls out this, uh, this bottle of whiskey, and he's like, um, would you like some whiskey? And <laughs> I will never not regret saying no like, i said no because at that point i didn't really drink whiskey yet like now i i love a nice like smoky single mm. malt like i love whiskey now yeah um yeah. it's so, it's so tasty it's one of my, my favorite things but back then i just like didn't at all like i right. thought it tasted like wet dog so i was like no i'm right. okay neil i'm fine yeah. <laughs> and i i'm so bummed i didn't say yes because I, I could have had whiskey with Neil while listening uh, to an unreleased uh, Rush <laughs> album. But it's still a crazy story. We listened to the whole thing, start to finish. Really? Wow. notes. Yeah. It's phenomenal. Like, Did you give any feedback room. to it? Like, were you just like, I don't know about this part. Maybe you should... Uh... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you I feel say like the me? drum mix is a little hot, Neil. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... Neil, God, you missed God. that one note there. I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this needs to be beat detected. All of it. This is oh, absolutely. Yeah. What did somebody edit this? Because it's kind of sloppy. No, dude. It was phenomenal. It was so really. Rad. It was crisp, clean. Yeah, it was phenomenal mix. Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Rad experience. That's jeez. Insane. You have so many amazing stories with a legend. I mean, people that don't know drummers know him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. were with him often. I yeah, mean, you, and, you guys talked, and, and and I just wonder if some of that had to do with the fact that you weren't a fan boy. I you wa- didn't you treated him like a human being. Yeah. Someone like that would not be able to tolerate a a, a fan. Someone no. who's just you know no. leeching on to their yeah. every word and move and yeah. I think it's because you, you nailed it though. I think that's what it is. Like I wasn't honestly too much. Like I said, I, I feel kind of guilty. I wasn't a huge fan. And um, only after those experiences did I do some research and kind of re- get into Rush a little bit more. But I right. definitely wasn't clamoring. Yeah. Um, I, I had a lot of... standing. You were just no. kind of just hanging out with them. Right. Mm. I had a lot of respect for him, a ton of respect. And, and But I, I, there, was, there was no like... Uh, yeah, I didn't pander, you know. And also, I think one thing that, that helped a lot is that I'm also, I'm also pretty... I'm shy. Like, I'm not an extrovert, you know. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I don't... 
I don't uh, dominate the conversation, mm-hmm. um, especially with somebody like Neil. And I think he's there's like there was a kinship there where we had a conversation mm. in the in the kitchen. Like I said, I'll never forget this over a cup yeah. of coffee about um, I don't know if he initiated it or if I initiated it, but it was just about being an introvert in yeah. the. Oh, I think I initiated. I said, uh, Neil, I've heard that you um, warming up before a show, you prefer to do that alone. Like, is that's the, is that the case? And he just started talking about that. And I remember him saying um, he can't see people before a show, like maybe friends and family. But he's like that energy is so uh, uh-huh. scarce to him that uh-huh. he has to save it for the stage. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it's so easy for him to like just lose that energy when somebody mm. takes it. And I was like, I could totally relate to that. Oh, I can like, relate to that too. Yeah, being an I can relate to I'm that like, too. So social interaction definitely uh, takes energy, and it's worth it, but it takes energy for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, hey, Matt, I know you're playing in 40 minutes, but hey, let's go grab a beer. I'm like, huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. first, first of all, I had one beer. I had a beer one time before a show. <laughs> that's the, that's the only time I've ever done it. Right before the show. I mean, it was like probably an hour before the show. You know, yeah, this was yeah. years ago. I was so scared to go up and play because in my head, I knew I just drank a beer. Click track's going to sound fast. I just drank a beer. We play blast beats for an hour. Like, how am I going to do this? What if I can't do this? Yeah. yeah. I've never done that again. Um, but alongside of that is, I, I feel the same way. Like, if someone mm. wants to go hang out right before a show, I, I can't mentally compartmentalize the fact that I have to go do this thing with an immense amount of pressure and expectations yeah. and yeah. also at the same time relax and just mm-hmm. be myself with somebody that knows me really well those yeah. those two things are at at odds until 100%. the show is done and then I'm then I'm good that's yeah oh yeah let's hang out same. you know yeah I'm exactly the same I can totally relate to that yeah yeah, yeah. I've actually had the uh <clears throat> honor privilege i don't know uh of seeing matt before a show and after a show <laughs> yeah and uh man and before the show laser focused oh yeah, yeah. don't talk you, to me yeah you talk to him in one ear out the other he is not paying attention to you no. at all no uh yeah. but after the show you know you gotta release that excess of energy somehow Absolutely. so he's he's wired and then you kind of see him start to wind down have a beer, relax, and then uh, get out of here. I need to go to bed. <laughs> okay. I thought I, I, I thought you were going to go from it being a positive to like, all right, Matt Matt is not a good guy after the show. Like, I was afraid of where you were going to go because I remember we had we had some fun on the bus, just you and me after a show celebrating. What was that? New Jersey, right? We just finished up, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's just how I'm wired. If, if I have my mind set on something, dude, you cannot distract yeah. me from it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's nothing personal. I'm not trying to be mean or cold. It's just, you're a professional. That's how I work. That's, yeah. Everyone's got uh, a job and they yeah. have a way of doing their job and they mm-hmm. know how to do it the best they possibly can. And, you know, that's what, that's why routine is important. You got to know yourself and know how you work and know how to get the job done, right? Yeah. Yeah, but that 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 I don't know. Is that do you feel like people sometimes read into that as being as as having one interaction with you? I'm I bet you guys have both had uh had this experience where you ran into someone once and maybe you weren't the friendliest because you were focused on something else or maybe you said something that was taken out of context and you're just written up for it. That's yeah. it. That person is this one experience. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like people probably had that experience with Neil a lot. And if I were to guess, he's probably like, you know what? It's probably better that I don't even put myself in a scenario where someone yeah. can ascribe to me this thing that isn't me. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's just Absolutely. a a window into 10 seconds of me. Yeah. Right. I that kind of success, dude, I, I can't imagine, like, I would never wish that kind of popularity on anybody. No. The, the kind that he had. And, and has. Agree, yeah. yeah. No, I read a, um, I, I, I love uh, skateboarding. I'm, I'm, I'm such a poser because I, I can't skateboard. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm like a mad poser because I, I wish I could. I've, I, but I'm so scared of, like, giving it a full shot and, like, breaking a wrist. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm, like, terrified, terrified. Um, but I, I've been super into skateboarding ever since, like before I started playing drums, cause I got really into Tony Hawk's pro skater, mm-hmm. um, when I was a teenager, like obsessed and, Man, uh, what a great just, game. It's what a great game, dude. They oh. just released, this is not a plug, but they just released a remake. They did. Yeah. And I've been like obsessively <laughs> it playing it. It's so good. It's, it's got, ex- <laughs> the, the action and the gameplay is exactly like, um, the originals, THPS awesome. one and two. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so awesome. Good. But um, anyway, so I've always had so much respect for skateboard culture. Like I love skateboard culture. I feel like it's got a lot in common, common with um, musicians and drummers. Mm-hmm. There's the same kind of like tenacity and uh, yeah. self-discipline uh, and, and uh, wanting to progress, you know? Yeah. yeah. But uh, anyways, all this to say, I'm a big fan of Tony Hawk's and I love every time when he posts about uh, people almost recognizing him. But not quite. Like I don't know if you guys have seen his tweets. They'll be like, yeah. "Yeah, you look a lot like Tony Hawk," and and he'll be like, "Oh, do I?" And I'm like, "Yeah, he's awesome." And he'll be like, "Thanks," and they'll be like very confused. Yeah. But really? he has these, yeah, dude, you should check out his Twitter page. It's hilarious. But somebody made a comment on that where they said that's kind of the goal is to be like well known in your niche, mm. but kind of well known enough to like be able to do your thing, and you're well known and respected in your niche, but not really worldwide famous, right? right? And True. that's one of my one of my favorite things about this strange career that I've fallen into <laughs> that I'm so thankful for is that I'm I'm relatively well known amongst a small group of people and and I love that group of people they're my people yeah, but I'm yeah. not but I don't get stopped on the street or like I'm not like a like full on YouTube famous or online famous you know I'm not like a meme True. Um I just have my my crew and my group and I I, True. I think that's like the the that's the sweet spot. Yes, yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, I yeah. never want to be fam- more famous or famous. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's enough for me. Well, the good news is that this podcast is not huge, so <laughs> it <will> not, <laughs> it's not going to launch you into that upper echelon, right, Tim? Great. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Tim's pretty famous, though. Yeah, uh, definitely because of this podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's an interesting uh, segue, actually, into something I wanted to ask you about. Because you know, so you've obviously seen some success as a drummer, as an entertainer, um, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious, what are a couple of factors that you would attribute that success to? Hmm. Oh man, you guys prepared some really good questions, Those scripted <laughs> questions, man. Have you seen Cobus's hair? I mean, we were talking about it earlier. It's not Luke Holland's status, but it's. Matt, I am just it's... jealous of hair, period. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter oh, who's hair. That's, that's so good. Dude, that's brilliant. Oh, uh, Tim. You have hair. It just, it's, it's, you, you know. just can't see it. It's, it's invisible. It's gone. <laughs> oh, man, um, that's funny. Man, that's such a good question. I don't even know where to start with that. I think um, <laughs> it's tricky for me to answer that question because I, I, I feel like the stock answer is 
if you work hard and you're consistent, <laughs> it's great. But I, but it, but it's because it's the right. true answer. But yeah, it, it, it's true. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. But it's also it leaves out uh, luck, man. Yeah. and mm-hmm. like yep. the, and things that we don't have control over. Like yeah. I think the older I get, the more I'm like. You, it's, it's, I think it's impossible to, to experience any level of success, regardless of how you define success, without consistency and the ability to push through difficult circumstances, which I would define as hard work. Like that's for me as hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, those things, like I don't think success is possible without that. But also, you could do those things and, and still not achieve some of your goals. I think it's, yeah. it's very important to leave the door open for that possibility mm-hmm. that sometimes you're just lucky. And sometimes yeah. you're unlucky. And this is a bigger conversation in terms of like worldview and whether luck or mm-hmm. or bad luck even exists and yeah. mm-hmm. providence and fate and free will. Like, I don't know if we should go into that, but I feel like um, <laughs> one part... Maybe one, we should. Dude, that's my jam. We could get a little single malt smoky whiskey and we gun it. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think Zoom, like... can when, you provide that service, please? Oh my gosh, that sounds phenomenal. Um, we should do that one day, like around a little campfire, maybe in South Africa. I'm, I'm down for that. There you that go. would be Ooh. a delight. That would be awesome. But I think yes. like when people look at my story and they go, okay, what did you do? Then I think it's, it's so important for me to acknowledge the fact that I was in the right place at the right time. Like I had just gotten into video production. Um, I played drums for a significant amount of time. I enjoyed recording myself. So I was able to produce these videos at a time when online video was created. Mm-hmm. And so it's right place, right time. And there's a large amount of, of like I said, whatever you want to call it, let's say luck associated mm-hmm. with it. Something that I didn't have control over. And it's important to acknowledge that too. I, I feel uncomfortable describing any level of success that I've um, achieved just to the fact that I worked really hard. You know, I think Mm -hmm. I, I, it's not difficult to see that I work super hard. Like if you watch the videos and you know anything about video production or mixing or drumming, Mm -hmm. people can see the hours that's been put into the videos. Like I don't, I don't doubt that for a second. Um, But what people don't see is the things that I don't have control over that just happened Mm -hmm. and that I'm super thankful for. I think, uh, one thing that I, if I was to, were to answer, because this is a very vague answer, I'm sorry. But <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> one one practical thing I would say is that my dad always taught me to um, just to be a good steward. Like if mm-hmm. something is given to you, you can you can you don't have control over whether the gift is given to you or not, but you have complete control over how you steward it, like how you mm-hmm. utilize it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I I love the idea of a video hitting a thousand views and going, okay, well, I have a little bit of an audience now. How can Mm -hmm. I steward this audience? Mm -hmm. Like, how can I manage this and, and, and not necessarily multiply, but just manage it, just take Mm -hmm. it seriously and, and, and be thankful for it. And I think when, whenever opportunity came along, I'm always thankful for this mindset of how can I maximize this opportunity Mm -hmm. rather than just kind of like stumbling through it? Like, how can I equip myself to, to, manage an opportunity so i got mm-hmm. booked for a tour with one of my favorite bands busted how can i manage this opportunity well mm-hmm. i could do a vlog series mm-hmm. i could talk about my experience you know i could network like there's a there's mm-hmm. a i think that's a different perspective in terms of like uh maybe playing the long game versus the short game hmm, and yeah. and being thankful for opportunities but then also just stewarding them as well as you can. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's 100% true. We talk yeah. about stewardship a lot on this podcast. We do. Uh, yeah. So that really resonates with us. I, I'd like to know, when you're at a high, when things are going well, it's easy to feel good about yourself and feel good about your career. As indicated by your video, 
earlier this year, you were probably at some lows. Oh yeah. If mm-hmm. if someone's listening to this and and they're they're hearing you use these words about you know hitting it somewhat big, just big enough to be happy, successful, and maybe they're in a place that you were earlier this year where they're low. Mm-hmm. Um, they they're they're really just struggling. Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about God and Christianity on this podcast, and and I personally believe that you know regardless of how high I am or how low I am, my faith tells me that if I'm high, don't be too inflated or proud because I'm actually not all that great of a person and I need help. And then on the flip side, if I'm really low, which the last couple of years have been kind of rough, you know, on a personal level, um, God's there to say, I, I've always loved you and I know you and I know the purpose that I have for you and it picks you up. Yeah. So in a year like this where you, you've been through it, I, mean, I feel like you've kind of been through it all, um, as a lot of people have. Speak, speak to that a little bit. What is it that, that balances you out when you're low, you need to be picked up. When you're high, you need to be brought down. Yeah, I think um, I want to say this. <clears throat> I feel like I should say this later on in the answer, but I want to say it before I forget it. I feel like the crux for me is that my thoughts are not reality. Like my, the, the reality is not limited to my experience of reality. I think that's mm. the crux for me because when I get down, uh, it's usually because I see, I feel like the world is a certain way and it, it maybe it, it isn't. And I mm. feel like I'm a certain way and maybe it isn't. And there's this uh, arrogant assurance that I had for a long part of my life where I thought that the way that I thought about things is the way that they are. Mm. Um, yeah. And I'm holding more and more loosely onto that the older I get where it's like, if I have, a, if I have negative thoughts about myself, mm-hmm. I'm learning to hold more loosely to those thoughts hmm. because they, they, I might be wrong, you know, hmm. and there's a good chance that I'm wrong. And hmm. I'm kind of starting with the end of the answer because the beginning of the answer is that I found my faith to just to see the, to see the world different. It's not mm-hmm. a, an intellectual cerebral exercise for me. Like mm-hmm. it's not information to be processed. It's like a, a perspective heart change. And mm-hmm. it makes me it makes me approach like reality as a whole different. And so when I'm down, it's usually because I'm it's, it's bad things might be happening. But like we all know people who terrible things have happened to that maintain mm-hmm. a sense of inner peace through those things. Like we we all know people like that. We've all seen that. So that exists. We know that in this form of reality, like that's mm-hmm. a real thing. Yeah. yeah. And I always think about the fact that um, if I'm so downtrodden that I can't see light at the end of the tunnel, then I... I always try and think, okay, what, what piece of information am I holding on to that might not be true? Hmm. Like, cause I, and I, and I feel like the more I, th- I think about God and I think about religion and just the existence of this reality that we're all in, that we're all experiencing, mm-hmm. the more certain fundamental truths just like, they just land. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of them is that my reality is not in my head. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm experiencing reality and mm-hmm. it might not be what I think it is. And then being open to correction mm-hmm. and, and a change of perspective. And sometimes yeah. it's as simple as focusing on the stuff that you have to be thankful for, mm-hmm. which is a big one for me. Like if I get super down, it's often because I'm looking too far ahead or too far back. Mm-hmm. If I just ground myself in the present and I go, okay, what do I have to be thankful for? A ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. And if I just go through that list, I, I, without fail will feel better sometimes a little bit sometimes a lot um but i Man, feel like these th- these so fundamental good. little truths are just like things that i that i try and hold on to when everything gets cloudy and gray 
Martin yeah. Luther said, uh, the Christian life is one of repentance. Tim Keller said, um, he just, he speaks to this idea that you're, that you're laying out, which is you have to understand that just because you don't see a reason doesn't mean there's not one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I'd love your approach to this. Um, even though we are, we might have different worldviews and different faiths. I see something in you that I'm jealous of personally. And that I, I also think a lot of people could benefit from, which is this willingness to say, you know what? I do not have all the answers and when I think I do, I should, I should take a step back and just look at this and say, what's a, what can I be taught in this situation? Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's a decision that, that you've had to make. Like mm-hmm. when you were yeah. packing your car and you, when you set your drum set up <laughs> for the Tim, fourth I can't, time, I, I can't wait for Tim to watch this. We were trying to watch before Ooh. you hopped on here, but, um, uh, when you set your kid up, got the call, California's getting shut down. <laughs> you had to pack everything up in your little <laughs> Nissan Altima. I mean, ah, that could just Dude. turn you off to the whole thing. And you're like, you know what? Yeah. I can learn something yeah. from this. And I, I'm, I think it's safe to say your end product and end uh, result was something better than what you would have gotten initially. I agree, mm. dude. You nailed it. Yeah. And I want to go back to um, what you said earlier about worldview and Dude, this is something I've been thinking about so much this year, more than in any at any other time in my life, where because um, faith is a contentious issue, man, and I think it's because faith mm-hmm. has been used to like do some terrible stuff in the past, yeah. mm-hmm. and and even in the states, like saying you're a Christian has has gotten a weird connotation, mm-hmm. um, and in some instances, rightfully so. Like I understand yeah. why yeah. people are kind of like a little apprehensive of the whole thing. Um, that's why my so approach. So do we. Is- <laughs> <laughs> that's what we my- talk about all the time. <laughs> Tim is like, so do I. <laughs> and dude, like, I think for me, what it comes down to is I relish conversations with people of different faiths or no faith, because then I can get pragmatic about it, and I can go, well, let's like the Bible mentions these things like humility mm-hmm. and like a joyful heart, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 I the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I feel like these things are just like pragmatically true things apart from dogma Mm. or control or a sermon like even what you said like when when i pack my car and things go wrong and and i and i somehow bounce back i think it's because like if you have the humility in that scenario to go well maybe my plan wasn't the best plan and maybe there's still a good plan that thought leads to a good place Mm-hmm. Whether right. you're, regardless of what you believe, if you believed, oh, I'm a victim, I'm screwed over, this is this is over, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is terrible. That thought doesn't lead to a good place. Mm-hmm. Pragmatic, toxic, yeah, yeah, it's toxic. And I'm not saying don't uh, give yourself space to process. Like, be bummed, mm-hmm. be pissed. Like that's yeah. that's mm-hmm. part of the human experience. <laughs> um, but I think ultimately, you don't. Nobody wants to stay there. And I feel like some of these truths, especially as it relates to religion. Um, well, not I, yeah. The word religion is so loaded, but as it relates to this worldview or this yeah. set of advice or this story, this beautiful story, is that some of these uh, story points lead to good places that I found in my life. And another good example is this, mm. like conversation, mm-hmm. where you're right. willing to 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 be to to, to start an, a sentence that you don't know how it ends. That's right. And and like like being vulnerable, being open, like this leads to a good place. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, That's and these are the things right. that I've 
learned in my in my life and that I that I cling to, which is why I love this because like mm-hmm. I feel like this is good for me and it's good for you guys and it's good for people listening to it to see that this is kind of the point. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that's Thank kind of so the stuff much, that I'm t- trying to hold on to. That's great. It's so funny. I have one of my close friends who is uh, South African, actually. Uh, I, I'm hearing his voice in my head, and partly because your accents are similar, but <clears throat> I hear his voice, and he always said this one line, and it, uh, it's perfectly in line with what we're talking about. He always said, it's all a matter of perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Can, Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's literally that's the line funny. that he would drill into my mind. It's yeah. all a matter of perspective. He'd always say it. Yeah. And uh, it's... Uh, it's crazy if you can if you can um, really understand what that means. It's life changing. Absolutely, it is. Yeah, and, it is. And you nail it though. It's like if you can really understand what that means. Because the older I get, the more that that idea, the deeper it sinks into my understanding of reality. Like I feel like mm-hmm. there's kind of a surface understanding of it where you go, yeah, I feel like perspective is important. Like it affects the way we mm-hmm. see things. But when life gets hard and you understand, okay, wait, if I focus on thankfulness, like it dramatically affects my human experience mm. enormously. Yeah, 100%. And then that yep. thought just kind of like, it sinks a little bit deeper, the, old, the mm. older I get at least. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's amazing. Thank you so much for coming on here. I know we got to wrap up, but uh, Tim has a question from, uh, we have a, like you, a Patreon, and we have supporters, uh, not nice. as many as you do. Not as, yeah. as many as you do there, Kobus. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> Kobus is gone. Uh, Dude, tripped over my cable. I'm back. There he is. Okay. <laughs> He's here. Hope you guys heard that. Um, so we have, an inner, we have an inner circle, and Ryan McGuire has a question. So, Tim, why don't you take yeah. this, and then we can wrap up. So, uh, so Ryan McGuire wants to know if uh, you would ever consider doing a drum cover outdoors in the mountains again. 100%. Dude, I'm actually working on I'm working on uh this pitch that I've been shopping around for brands because I I want a brand to like fund this because I have this idea nice. where I want <laughs> where I want to take like original music submitted by followers and I want to pick like three or five songs and then go to like exotic locations in the states, like beautiful locations in the states yeah. and film these epic beautiful like um, videos playing along to songs, so I would That's cool. love to do that again. That's a great answer. That. To that is a good answer. Uh, you know, cool question, but great answer for sure. <laughs> he's going to be happy about that one. Yeah, That's for yeah, you, for Ryan. sure. Right. That's awesome. So I'll I'll end it with this question because I really I'm I'm curious myself. Uh, we have a lot of young drummers, aspiring drummers that listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, do you have any recommendations? Uh, for those aspiring drummers who might be looking to make it a career or a a lifestyle um, similar to how you have? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's really important. Once again, perspective. I think perspective is super important. Uh, There are tons of ways to be a professional drummer these days. Tons. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's important to Mm -hmm. manage your expectations in terms of what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do. Mm -hmm. If you want to be a professional musician that only plays arenas, good luck like you're you're setting yourself up for enormous <laughs> disappointment especially now because things have yeah. changed a lot a lot yeah. um but i would say that if you're willing to uh kind of just figure out wh- like why you enjoy playing the drums like why is it fun to you and yeah. and try and monetize that so for me if you enjoy teaching there's so many different ways to teach you can you could be a, a um a music teacher at a school mm-hmm. you could mm-hmm. work at a university you could get that stable income 401k mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like you could do super well playing the drums every day and teaching <laughs> students if it's more performance based 
um, then kind of try and figure out what that means to you and pursue that uh, in a more focused um, in a more focused way, I'd say. But I feel like there's so many different ways to monetize. It's a weird word, but I feel like there's so many different ways to monetize drumming today. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. taking a more strategic approach is is, a, is, a, is more important. Yeah. I love That's that. Great. That's so great advice. So if you have not uh, checked out much of Kobus's drumming, check it out. All you have to do is Google C-O-B-U-S and That's it. you will find everything, right? That's, That's it. That's right. Thank goodness for a foreign name. That's it. <laughs> like Madonna or Bono, like my parents yeah. branded me, you know? That's it. It was that easy. <laughs> well, thank you so much, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah. Really appreciate yeah, your really time. Was. And I know this, this will be a lot awesome. of fun for people to listen to. So Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for the opportunity. Like I said, like I, I relish this kind of stuff. Like I'm thankful for the conversation. This has been awesome. Yeah. Just like solid. last night, uh, you know what to say at the end of this, right? Starts with a P. Okay. Ready? Here we go. Three, two, <laughs> one. P. Killing it right now. Killing it. Okay, so hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Kobus is someone that um, we both have great admiration for, especially after yeah. getting to talk to him. He's the real deal. Um, for sure. He talks a little bit about what he's been up to. You saw it in the IGTV. If you have um, any desire to learn drums uh, and you have a little bit of money to throw around, sign up for what he has going on. It's awesome. That's right. Yep, yep. And it's not hard to find, as we said, C O B U S. You could you could YouTube it, you could Google it, you could Instagram it. Yeah, that's incredible. Gonna, he's going to be the first one to come up. So, so check him out. He's awesome. He is. Um, so uh, I guess we'll just hop into our final thoughts. I have one quick shout out to a new inner, inner circle member. Uh, so shout out to Daniel Meyer. Thank you for your Hi, support, Daniel. dude. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome to the inner circle. Um, we appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, other than that, if you guys have any uh, comments, thoughts, questions, concerns, uh, hate, <laughs> <laughs> hate, send, uh, you can keep you can keep the hate. Uh, send it over I'll to it. Matt, Matt and Tim at the Holy Ghost. <laughs> send the hate com. to Matt at the Holy Ghost. <laughs> send, yeah, send the hate to it Matt doesn't at exist, the Holy Ghost but send it there. It doesn't, it doesn't actually go anywhere, but you can send it there. Uh, it's where your hate belongs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Write it up, get it all out, yeah. send it nowhere. That's that's the way. To, <laughs> that's the way to do it. I'm pretty sure we just gave some really good advice, actually. But that was pretty nice. You know, if you if you're if you've got some built up resentment, some yeah. some hate, yeah. some you know negative things to say, you should type it out. Put it in an email just, address that doesn't exist. And just, and just send it away. Send it. Send it nowhere. Yeah. There you go. Just send it. You're still gonna yeah. send it. Yeah. That's our God topic for for today, right there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you can reach out to us, Matt and Tim at theholyghostnotes.com, if you have any uh, anything to say. We love hearing from you. And um, please leave us a review if you think about it. It does a lot. Um, That's right. It really helps our podcast. So if yeah. you can take a minute or two and you have something to say, um, go to Apple Podcasts and just give us uh, whatever amount of stars you think we're worth and write a little bit about us. Yeah, yeah. And thank you to uh, everyone who's done so uh, so far. It's been um, 
it's been really encouraging, actually. I've been reading through the comments, and it's not something I normally like to do, but um, but it really has been uh, uh, encouraging to me. So yeah, thank you, guys. For sure. Um, and uh, if you're on Instagram, the IG, use the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes on your drum videos because we do a groove of the week every single week. And uh, you guys have been killing it. So, yeah, I think that's about it. Thank you guys for listening. And, um, you know, uh, we actually already recorded our next episode. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you anything about it, but we're excited for you to hear it. Absolutely. So, yeah. Good stuff. You know what time it is. <laughs> Come on, man. Peace. Peace.